another R. Jackson Home podcast. It's Kevin Adelsberger here, and I have the pleasure of having the Vice Provost of the University of Memphis at Lambeth Campus, uh, Niles Riddick, uh, with us today. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Niles. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Have you ever been on a podcast before? You know, I don't think I have. This, this is, is this is my first. <laughs> uh, this is it's a first for a lot of people with uh, with the R. Jackson Home podcast. But um, Dr. Riddick, do you go by Dr. Riddick or do you go by Niles? Or Niles is fine. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, what is a vice provost? Well, you know, that's interesting that you should ask that. Um, I belong to an association called National Association of Branch Campus Administrators, and uh, it's a, it's a um, pretty big association. So there are... Um, some major universities, colleges, and then even community colleges that have uh, regional or branch campuses Mm -hmm. of the main campus in other locations. And so across the nation, people who serve in this kind of capacity have different titles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I don't know that there's really any significance uh, to the title. The title is really uh, for us at University of Memphis is more of a reporting structure. So I report to the provost, and so um, I'm just vice provost. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So you kind of, and I don't know, this is obviously not the term you use, but you're kind of like the president of the, the Lambeth branch of the University of Memphis. Yeah, I would be um, the CEO of okay. that location. Yeah. Um, because, you know, at, at the main campus, you have a president and you have a provost and you have deans and mm-hmm. all these vice provosts and directors and so forth. And, and this is certainly more of an administrative position than it is anything else. Gotcha. Well, we're going to talk more about the University of Memphis at Lambeth here in a second. But one of the things I love to do when we start our show is to talk to people about uh, who they are. So if you needed to introduce uh, Niles Reddick to someone... What, uh, what, would you, what would you tell them? It's a really hard uh, question to answer um, because I, when I go around and speak, I do um, different sorts of talks. And uh, in those cases, I um, typically, you know, talk about where I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. which was in Valdosta, Georgia, um, in the very southern portion of the state, right next to Florida, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in a a little small community and went to uh, Valdosta State University and then um, made famous by knocking off Michigan a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it is Wintersville, USA. Um, okay. I, I forget about that sometimes, but uh, even our high school football team was, you know, state championships and I think won some national championships mm-hmm. through the years. But um, I then moved to. Uh, West Georgia, which was um, outside of Atlanta, where I did my master's degree and then ended up going back to Florida, uh, Florida State University for my uh, doctorate, which is in humanities. Mm -hmm. So um, what I did was I taught um, humanities and literature and psychology. Those were my academic areas uh, in my early days of teaching and then moved into administration and then um, at, in Tennessee at Motlow College in Middle Tennessee. Uh, so we lived in Murfreesboro for 10 years mm-hmm. uh, before we moved back to Georgia where I was vice president of a small college in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, academic and student affairs. And then uh, two years ago, I came to Jackson 
uh, to the Lambeth campus to be the administrator of that campus. Gotcha. So, so you made the transition from being a teacher to the administration mm -hmm. side of things. What uh, I, I know of at least one teacher who went back the other way, you know, because uh, they didn't like the administrators. Like, what what was it about your personality? Or what did you like about moving from that made you want to move from teaching to the administration side? Yeah, I was um, I, I was um, I've had several administrative positions uh, through the course of my twenty plus years in higher education, and in all of those uh, areas, I, I think I have a. A, a very unique kind of disposition. My parents were both, uh, my dad was a manager of an automobile dealership and my mother was an insurance agent. So they were both in business. Yeah. And here I was the, you know, the lone kid in the family who was a humanities, <laughs> you know, liberal arts uh, student. But I had that very practical side of me, that managerial kind of training, I think, that my parents, and my dad was military, so mm -hmm. that even adds another layer of management into the family. And uh, so I, w I was raised that way, and mm -hmm. so I, I naturally I think I think that way. Gotcha. Um, so it was not a difficult transition, <clears throat> and I've always continued to teach through the years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh, so I've, in fact, I'm teaching a class now, an okay. interdisciplinary film class at night, uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. So awesome. before I came over here, I was planning class tonight, but um, I think it's important for people in higher education to not lose contact with students mm -hmm. and to uh, fully understand the changes in um, higher education and the curriculum and, and classes and so forth. So it... It's, I think it's been a wonderful thing for me to continue to teach. In fact, when I was still in Georgia, I taught uh, literature, American Lit, for the university system of Georgia through their online program. Okay. Uh, and I think that was important because it, it allowed me to really stay engaged with technology and the changes in technology over time, which, of course, 25 years ago when I was in college, you know, that we didn't have the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a good thing for me. Um, but we moved to Tennessee two years ago, back to Tennessee, here mm -hmm. to Jackson. Uh, my wife, Michelle, and my two kids, Audrey and Nicholas, uh, they're students here in, in okay. um, school. And, um, and we all love it. That's awesome. So what yeah. was it about Jackson that, obviously, it was a pretty enticing offer to come lead this new campus. Uh, was, did, uh, did Jackson help or hinder that decision? You know, it, it really helped. Uh, quite frankly, because um, we were in a small town in Georgia, probably about 25,000, uh, Tifton, Georgia. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was a wonderful uh, town for us at that time. Mm -hmm. And my kids, you know, were uh, very young, and so it was a small town. Um, when we, Whenever we would go shopping or something, we'd have to drive at least an hour to yeah. two hours to go to a mall even. Uh, so, I mean, a real mall. They had a small mall, but nothing really of substance. So, for us, Jackson was a big town that offered a ton of things to do and, and to see. And when I came here, uh, you know, at first I was very confused about how to get around. It took me, it took me really three months to figure out how to do things and get around. Um, I just think that's an, something that everyone is oriented. You know, it takes a while to get oriented. But... Um, I love the fact that there are so many things to do here 
in town without going out of town. I mean, yeah. you can get anything you need right here in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, places to eat. There's I love to eat. You can tell. Um, there's plenty of restaurants from which to choose. There are things to do like the Generals or the Symphony or uh, the Coral Society or even the the Car Museum on Hollywood. I love that. I love Rusty's. Um, and all of these things that there are to do, and there are plenty to do, you know, not too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Memphis is closed, Nashville's closed. So we don't go to Nashville or Memphis that much uh, to do things, but there's so much to do here that you can't get it all done. You could do something literally every day of the week in Jackson mm-hmm. and, and be exhausted <laughs> in a couple of months if you kept doing yeah. that. But um, it's a great place. It really is. It's a great place to live. Well, that is. Uh... We love, at our Jackson home, we love hearing people who have found um, found Jackson to be a great place to live. And I agree uh, about all those things. <clears throat> but I, So I Googled you before you came. Mm-hmm. And the phrase, roadkill art and other oddities, came across my search results. Uh, and I thought, surely not not this Niles Reddick. But, <laughs> but it is, so you're an author. Yeah. There is another Niles Reddick, actually, a young, okay. a young guy, in, I think, in Chicago or somewhere. I hope he doesn't steal my identity. <laughs> um, but And we may be related, I don't know. But um, it is true that I um, am a writer, and as I said, I, I still teach, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I write. I still maintain my, a very um, pretty diligent writing schedule. Um, I try to write something every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not... You know, the most motivated individual, I think I'm pretty motivated, but I don't get up every morning at a certain time and do this. But I do try to write something at least once a week. I can usually put out a story a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's flash fiction, which is a about a, a flash fiction is a short, short story. It's okay. about a thousand words. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm into much longer stories. So I'm doing one now that will be upwards of probably 20,000 20 to 40,000 words when I finished, which is long. Yeah. Um, but Roadkill Art and Other Oddities was my first book, okay. a collection of stories. And then that came out in 07. And then I did a novel, uh, Lead Me Home, which um, is set in both uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and, and southern Georgia and Florida. And um, that came out in 2010 from a press in Florida called uh, Rose Heart Press. Roadkill Art came out in um, 07 from Whiskey Creek Press, which was in Wyoming at the time. They've since sold mm-hmm. to, and, and actually Rose Heart sold to another press too. Um, and then I have a new book coming out this okay. uh, spring called Drifting Too Far From the Shore, um, titled after an old gospel song okay. um, that um, Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner sang, and also Hank Williams, uh, mm-hmm. Sr., and um, it's a good book. It's coming out. Uh, with, I have an editor in Paris, France, which okay. I think is pretty weird. Yeah. Um, the publishing company is actually in Arizona and France. And so she is the one this who's... Totally makes sense I know, that. they really do. But she's, she's been great to work with. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to coming out with that book in the spring. And then next year, um, this press will also republish uh, Roadkill Art and Other Oddities. Okay. And then the following year... I have another, um, I don't know which will be next. I'm working on a new novel okay. um, called If Not For You. That's my tentative title. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be out then in 18, 
or we may do the short story collection, another short story collection. It just depends on uh, lots of things. Wow. So but I do plan to do some others after that. An accomplished writing. No, I don't know about that. But. Well, pumping a, I mean, regardless of how many people may have read it, the, 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 the accomplishment of pushing out a book of that size yeah. is, uh, is a feat in, within itself. My wife's a writer, and so just to see her be able to get all that down on paper and out uh, is uh, more than I could imagine. Yeah, it's, so. it's not easy, you know, and it's not, um, you know, obviously I don't make any money or I wouldn't be working, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and even if I did, I probably wouldn't stop working. But yeah. um, I do think it's an admirable kind of thing to do. So if people want to learn more about your writing side mm-hmm. of your life, where can they learn more about that? Uh, NilesReddick.com. I have my own website, and it's up to date. Mm-hmm. It's I just finished redoing it this year. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's it has some sample writings on it. It's It's probably got about 15 stories on there that people can read. And then I, I was a member of a blog of Southern writers called A Good Blog is Hard to Find. We've stopped that blog now. But there were about 25 or 30 Southern writers, many of whom people have heard of, certainly more than me. Um, and those are also on my uh, website. And then there's some uh, nonfiction stuff I do also uh, occasionally. Uh, I've done some interviews with writers, and they're on my website, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as well as... Um, some uh, articles that I've done and book reviews that I've done for other for other writers. Awesome. Well, um, so that's NilesReddick.com if you want to learn more about his writing. We're going to head into our first break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the school. And, uh, and so sitting between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home. University of Memphis Lambeth. But you don't have a short version of UML. UML. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I keep getting stumbled because I want to say U of M L or U of M L, and it just doesn't flow as well. But U of M L. Okay. Yeah, we say U of U M L, and that's what my uh, Facebook page says, um, the alumni page, and also the uh, Twitter account is U M L. My Twitter handles U M L. U M L. All right. Um, all right. So it's been two years here at Lambeth. Um, how how is the how is the progression coming from starting not necessarily starting school from scratch although you kind of are mm-hmm. you have a, a parent campus and you're taking over an old school um, talk talk to me that's kind of a weird situation yeah it is and it's um it it is it's a it's an interesting situation the um, the campus was uh, presented to the University of Memphis by the state. Um, four years ago and so four years ago University of Memphis started those operations uh, in 11 
and um, well, that's five years ago actually now, but um, they had roughly 100 students when they began, and as a fall of 15, our enrollment was a little over 900, about 915, uh, which is phenomenal, really, yeah. kind of growth. Now, we only had about a 10% growth rate this year uh, compared to previous years when we saw uh, much greater increases. Um, and I, I'm not sure why that is, but enrollment's a challenge really across the nation uh, at private and public institutions. But um, the University of Memphis has invested upwards of $10 million in the campus itself, from new windows to lighting to um, uh, cable and internet services and um, roofing uh, HVAC units. You know, that campus didn't have a lot of buildings with elevators, and so we had to retrofit, uh, and we've done an elevator replacement and put a new elevator, which is just opening up now in um, Wilder Student Center. And then uh, this year we opened the health and wellness facility, uh, which is where the gym is and the um, Olympic pool and so forth. And all of that's now up and running. Um, we still have some projects that we're scheduled to do this academic year. Uh, we're working on a, a renovation in Hyde for nursing, mm -hmm. and we're also doing uh, some HVAC um, and redoing an auxiliary gym uh, so that we can move our uh, fitness area into that particular gym. Currently, it's in Wilder uh, Student Center, which yeah. is not really a conducive place for that, so uh, this will go um, a lot better. But the campus offers about 22 uh, bachelor degree programs okay. on site. Um, yeah, you don't have to drive to Memphis or anything. You do, it all you do right not. There. You can do it all right there. Um, now, we do have students who prefer to, some who do, part of their load at Lambeth and then part of their load in Memphis. Uh, we have some students who do, who split up their load online mm -hmm. uh, because a, Memphis has a lot of degrees online. Um, and then we offer about four or five master's degrees at the Lambeth campus and then two doctoral programs. Okay. Uh, our doctoral programs are in education. Um, one is in um, leadership and the other's in uh, curriculum. Okay. So uh, we have currently, I think, two cohorts um, in the EDD uh, program and we're scheduled to start a brand new cohort in the fall of 16. So we'll then have three cohorts of um, the leadership uh, doctoral program, which wow. is pretty good. Yeah. Um, we actually have more students in that program than Memphis does, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Awesome. Um, now, we'd like to see more undergraduate students come into the Lambeth campus this fall, so we're actively mm -hmm. uh, recruiting, and uh, we offer quite a few scholarships to students, and yeah. um, there are transfer scholarships from uh, the community college to mm -hmm. The Lambeth campus, as well as um, honors uh, transfer scholarships, PTK, they call it Phi Theta Kappa, yeah. um, and so we have some scholarships there as well. Okay, that all sounds great. Um, what what is you know one of the interesting things that you have is a relationship with the parent campus, uh -huh. and so what uh, how does that work with you know you almost have your own competing interests. You might be pulling some students that would have moved to Memphis yeah. that are now staying in Jackson to go to the same school. What is that relationship like with the University of Memphis? Well, it's funny you should ask that, and, and funny you should make that comment, because this year 
we actually uh, grew a certain percentage, but they weren't new students. And so we couldn't quite figure that out. And so once we drilled into the data further, we realized that we actually had students who transferred to the Lambeth campus from Memphis. And I thought that was, I mean, I I don't think it was funny, funny, but you know, it was interesting that students would make that, um, that choice. But uh, you know, we're, we're very different um, from the Memphis campus, which is the parent campus. they have all of the athletics there. We have no athletics, and we can't have athletics because you can only have so many sports within the division, and they have them all. So we can't start some unless we become a separate entity. Gotcha. See, we're just an, under the umbrella of University of Memphis. So uh, we, we can have club sports, which we're beginning this spring, um, and we can have fraternities and sororities. Um, in many cases, the fraternities and sororities can't be the same ones that Memphis has. So that's kind of uh, unique. Uh, and then we have a full gamut of student activities on campus, clubs and organizations. I think we're up to 20 clubs and organizations mm-hmm. now, um, including an honors program. So it's a vibrant little campus, but we would like to see it grow. Um, I think it has the capacity really to be about 1,500 to 2,000 students, and then we would we would be maxed out on yeah. our space. So we've got a ways to go before we're there. I think in the future it will grow quickly, mm-hmm. um, and we will continue to try to bring in some programs that we think not only addresses community needs but are non-compete type programs with the other institutions mm-hmm. here. Um, we're very cognizant of that, and we're not trying to compete against Union or Lane or anybody else for that matter. Um, Lane and Union are very different. Um, They're very, um, what I would call a destination campus. Uh, So people come from all over the country to study at Union and to study at Lane. Mm -hmm. And people don't come from all over the country to study at Lambeth. This is a commuter, pretty much a commuter campus. Um, The students are from West Tennessee. We might have a handful from southern Kentucky or northern Mississippi, but otherwise it's pretty regional. Gotcha. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, distinction that I hadn't really thought about before, but um, a, a good one to make. Um, I saw in the news recently you guys unveiled a criminal justice center. Yeah, this has been a very interesting year. We did, uh, we got the campus classified as an arboretum, which was uh, pretty impressive. Um, to be an arboretum, you have to have uh, a certain number of indigenous species of trees. And we had um, faculty members started this, oh, you know, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the trees are beautiful, you know, on yeah. the campus. And it's a very historical, um, beautiful campus in Midtown. But um, it took us a year to get those classified and to get those named and so forth and go through the process with the state. Um, we also... Um, just recently announced we were opening the Center for um, Criminology and Community Research on the uh, Lambeth campus. This was a center that operated at Memphis for many years but has not been operational. And there was a a great need, excuse me, locally and regionally to do some um, criminal justice sorts of things uh, in our area, and so we opened that here, um, w- which w- which is really good for the Lambeth campus to have a center 
like that. We'll have two prongs to that. One will be one that focuses on training and development. Uh, and so we will have uh, training and development classes for um, police personnel, um, deputies, um, jailers, um, people in the criminal justice system, parole officers, um, attorneys, mm -hmm. you know, what have you. Uh, all of them have to have certain amounts of uh, professional development courses on an annual basis to keep their uh, credentials. And so we will have that piece of it. And um, it, will, it will be beneficial to West Tennessee because a lot of people in West Tennessee who are in that field have to travel to Nashville. So now they'll be able to do that locally. That's awesome. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing would be that we, we believe what will happen is we will draw uh, not just from West Tennessee but regionally from other states mm -hmm. And there's some talk of, um, through some other affiliations that the University of Memphis has on an international uh, scale, that some countries will choose to send personnel to Jackson to do yeah. training with the University of Memphis Lambeth. So that's one piece of that uh, new center. The other piece of the center is the um, uh, conference. We will have an annual conference. So we're having a conference uh, in April that will focus on juvenile crime okay. uh, and we uh, they're working now to set up the speakers and and get all that on the website but uh, these are some exciting developments yeah. uh, another one is that we will begin uh, we're in negotiations now and discussions really I wish it shouldn't use the word negotiations but uh, we're in discussions with Dr. Ruffin mm -hmm. um, in the school system to um, develop some form <clears throat> of a campus school. Okay. Uh, now, University of Memphis has a has an elementary school on campus. It's really? called Campus School. It's a national award-winning school. It's a very innovative curriculum and, and very unique. There's no other school like it in West Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, we're not doing, whenever we use the term campus school, people automatically assume we're duplicating what we do there, and we're not. Um, we will likely partner with them and partner on a particular school like um, Arlington, which is you know right right behind us, literally, um, to do something with them. Um, the school system would probably retain the administration of that school. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that we will become much more intimately involved in that school. Uh, to help them make that an award-winning school and to make it more of a neighborhood school for the Lana community. Gotcha. Um, and we're also talking about doing something with the uh, middle school as well. But, but we, we have to go very slow and deliberate. Yeah. It, it's a long process and, and we don't want to just jump into it. We want to make sure this is very successful. This is not something that um, I will be very involved. I'll be involved high level, but mm -hmm. the faculty, the education faculty, and then the dean of the College of Education at uh, the University of Memphis will be more in intimately involved with that process. So, and help me understand that a little. Actually, you know what, let's pick this up after the break. Okay. The next, we're going to talk about kind of what's some of the stuff. In okay. The okay. So, um, great segment, fascinating stuff. Uh, you can hear it first here. Niles Riddick is helping University UML. UML, uh, move and shake here in Jackson. So, 
thank you for that. We're going to be right back after this break. You are listening to our Jackson. Yeah, and um, I think this is where, you know, I have to be careful because I don't know what that will be mm-hmm. uh, when they decide to do to do it and, and when they'll do it. But I think what that essentially means is that, you know, we, we have an education degree, uh, multiple education degrees actually, mm-hmm. and these students have to do what we used to call in the old days student teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're placed in a school, uh, and we do that now. Yeah. But um, having that relationship, and we do have a good relationship with the school system, but having that relationship with a particular school could mean a lot more activity with that school. Okay. Um, having our faculty involved with the curriculum of that school okay. could mean a much uh, more creative um, and explore, exploratory type mm-hmm. uh, school where the focus is is much more um, involved with the parents and the families of those students and uh, what we see in studies is that performance in a particular school then begins to increase and so I think what we can do is help make that school an award-winning school or any school for mm-hmm. that matter um, and, and I think we will do that. It's just a matter of when and how that all works out. That's a, it's a neat option coming down the, potentially coming down the pipe. As, uh, so you've been here for two years now, and as, as you continue to work uh, with the University of Memphis at Lambeth, what role do you see the UML playing um, in the Jackson community moving mm-hmm. forward? Yeah, we, um, you know, I think University of Memphis is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've made a huge investment in this campus, uh, and we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing, and that is offering degrees to uh, students in the community, but also within the region that would then allow those students to uh, do an internship in the region, in the community, to then graduate and get employed and stay in the community, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, a lot of students who come to Union and Lane come from all over the country, yeah. and they go back. You know, they come, they get their education, and they go back. So they're not now. Some stay, like yeah. you and yeah. others, uh, and 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 that's a wonderful thing. But I think a lot of times students go back. You know, and I didn't stay. Yeah. You know, where I graduated either. I I left. But I think that this particular campus is one where we hope that. People will stay and work in the community. Whenever a community loses its young minds, mm-hmm. um, you see those communities begin to kind of dry up, you know, and and fall into a state of disrepair and decline. Um, and so, 
any community strives to keep its best and brightest in the community. You know, we have some awesome resources here. West Tennessee Healthcare, for example, is the sixth largest nonprofit in the country. That is amazing for West Tennessee to have that kind of designation and that kind of health care. Um, we have some of the biggest and greatest manufacturing companies in the world mm -hmm. right here in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, we just started a new degree in manufacturing technology management okay. so that those employees can come and get an education. Many of their employers will pay for that education and then go back and then they can move, create a pathway really mm -hmm. for those employees to move up into management. So there's this continual feed yeah. and so that brain drain doesn't happen Absolutely. in the manufacturing uh, world. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I think we're doing. We're not really looking to add additional degrees at this point. We mm -hmm. just want to manage the ones that we have in place. I think we've got the right ones. Mm -hmm. um, and we have some great degrees out there that are unique and creative, like our entertainment music industry degree. Um, and those students are getting jobs in the market when they leave. And um, you know our nursing program, we have two, BSN and then the RN to BSN. Um, and many other degrees where we're working in the community to get those students jobs and to find them internships. That, that's, a, that's a wonderful need that you guys are filling. And um, I was one of those people who moved, and, but I stayed. I don't know if I was one of the best or brightest, but uh, I, I did stay here. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, you guys can help the brain drain from happening to Jackson. Because there's a lot of people who are leaving, yeah. and that's one of the goals of our Jackson home is to try to help people see the beauty in the city of Jackson and encourage people to stay. Yeah, and look where we are. We're we're broadcasting from the Co yeah. today. What an amazing resource the Co is to this community. I, you know, and I've met I've met everybody here. I've toured this facility. I've been in meetings here, and I don't know that I even understand it now yeah. that I've hit fifty. But um, I think it's the wave of the future, you know, and for the young people to have this resource here is phenomenal. Absolutely. It, it's meant a, meant a world of difference to me in starting my business. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm very grateful for the co. Uh, Dr. Riddick, as, we, uh, as we've come to a close here, is there any way that the Jackson community can help support your work at, at University of Memphis at Lambeth? Uh, anything specific? I tell people this all the time, you know, um, what you hear from most um, educational leaders is, oh, we need your money. <laughs> and I, I don't, I mean, yeah, we'll take your money for sure, <laughs> like any other, any other educational institution. But I think the most important thing that, um, that people can do for us is, is spread the word, tell people about us. I cannot believe that I run into people in Jackson mm -hmm. who have never been on the Lambeth campus, that mm -hmm. it, that blows me away. Such a um, campus. It is a beautiful campus. I mean, if you just want to come out there, walk around, at least come out there. Yeah. But I think it's you know sending students to us, telling students about us. Um, you know, we we know that we're not option number one for students. You know, we know that we're more local and more regional. Mm -hmm. You know that that some students are going to choose Harvard or. Vanderbilt or wherever, yeah. um, or even MTSU or, or UT. Uh -huh. um, but we want to be an option for students who want to stay 
close and want to stay here. And for those in West Tennessee, in rural communities who don't want to go that far away from home. And you know, I was like that. I didn't go that far away from home, but it was important for me to make that transition to at least go and live in the dorm and have that experience. You know, I could always run home and do laundry and eat supper with my parents, you know, if I wanted to. But um, I think it's a, it, we're a good transitional kind of uh, campus for students like that. That's, um, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I, and I hope uh, we can, hopefully this podcast will even help spread the news a little bit. But absolutely, if you haven't been to see the campus, especially during the springtime. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, you mentioned all the trees. It is a beautiful, and this coming from a Union alumni, yeah. an alumnus, I, I think the campus is absolutely gorgeous during the spring, um, and so it's definitely worth stopping by. Dr. Riddick, if, uh, you said you, you're uh, active on Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Uh, what's your handle? Is it? Um, UM Lambeth VP. UM Lambeth VP. I think that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and if they want to find out more about the University of Memphis at Lambeth, where can they find that online? Yeah, or on our Facebook page. But if you go to memphis.edu, uh, that's the main University of Memphis um, page, and in the top, on the top of the mm-hmm. screen, there's a um, button for Lambeth, okay. and you just click on that, and it takes you to our specifically to our site. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, that is going to bring us to the end of another uh, R. Jackson Home podcast. Uh, the vice provost of the University of Memphis at Lambeth campus, Niles Rivick, has been with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. And. Uh, I hope you will stay subscribed to us in our Jackson Home and find out more about our Jackson Home and our Jackson Today's podcast was produced, recorded, and hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harmon. And this podcast is recorded live at the Co. in the 